Hello and welcome to The Bum Diary. I'm Janelle. And I'm Trent. And we're coming to you live from the Florida Keys. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And today is April Fool's Day. It is April Fool's Day. I know. Joke's on you. We're still going. <laughs> oh, God. We are still going. Episode but, number four. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're doing it. When we started this, Janelle, how many episodes do you think we were going to have? Oh, to be completely honest with you, maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe one. Now we're at four. We have a lot of self-doubt. We just, just got to do it. I think everyone's got to do it. Yeah. Number four, coming to you live. But to be completely honest, it's because we have another really awesome guest on our show. That's why we're doing this right now. And these people keep us going. Yeah, because we we've been interviewing some people and it's like, geez. Like every time we interview somebody, I'm like, well, I don't think we can do better than that. And then like we interview the next person, and I'm like, holy shit. Like this person's killing it too. Yes. So who do we have on this week? So this week we have Jenny Tates, who is an awesome fly fishing pursuer. Or not even fly fishing. She does all sorts of fishing. Jenny Tates. Yeah. She, uh, man, we just, we meet these people through Instagram because that's our whole deal of social media and the world on social media. So we just, we find these people who are trying really hard and, a lot of times, I mean, me especially, you see some people on, on uh, okay, especially in fly fishing, if you see somebody holding a big fish in a remote area, you're like, fuck, that person has a lot of money, screw them. And then you talk to these people, and like, even when you really judge people, because I think, you know, beautiful women really get judged, and then you talk to these women, and they're like, oh my god, I work nine to five, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got a passion, and uh, yeah, and then they're like completely self-funded, and they're like trying to like make their own, like they're trying to make their own living in fly fishing. Yes. So that is exactly what she's doing, Jenny Tates. She was born in the Northeast, and she now is running her own. Well, actually, you know what? We're not going to give too much away. You guys can listen to her interview. Yeah, or and her, she let's absolutely talk to crushed her. it. So you can go, skip forward if you're here just for Jenny. We will not hurt our feelings. Yes. So it's a very great conversation, and uh, we will come right back to that. Yes. Let's move on to the bum diary all portion. All right, all right. So our weekly roundup. Let's weekly talk- roundup. Okay, Trent, what was your high of the week? Not literally. What was your high of the week? <laughs> Probably those headphones I bought. <laughs> can, can you just describe what headphones you're talking about? Okay, I read on the internet. Fact. Chart reads a lot on the internet, by the way. So I read on the internet that uh, Bluetooth headphones can give you cancer. Which isn't necessarily untrue, but... Well, we have no facts. I'm going off of one thing I saw on the internet. <laughs> So anyways, I had acquired a pair of free beats that I stole from my sister, but now she knows. Now she knows. It's kind of been a you secret. Like, away. But it doesn't matter because I don't want them anymore. Yeah, but Close I... cancer. She, you I can do. have them back, Emily. But I do. No. All right, fine. That's fair. Anyways, so the high of my week was I went all pissed off. I actually went to the dollar store first to go get headphones because I was like, everything's the same. You know what I mean? So I went and bought a $1 pair of headphones. That's where we get all of our headphones. And how did that work out for me? Oh, jeez. I was starting to lose so, it. So in the past probably two months, we've bought five pairs of headphones. And in the past five months, how many of those have broke out of the five? Oh, every one of them. And I can't go through work. Like my whole work, I need headphones. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I just need headphones when you're setting up tables before work. So anyways, uh, I went to the store Radio Shack. I'm pretty sure it's the last Radio Shack in the world. They have one down here in Key West. And I went in, I bought a pair of $10 headphones with a two-year warranty, and I'm going to use that warranty. Skull candies. Can, but Okay, but honestly, though, today I had to ask Trent to take the headphones out of his ears because he is that obsessed with them. He's been on the phone all morning, and you know how, like... Okay, for example, you know how Apple has their headphones, and they have that little button speaker thingy where you can turn the volume up and down and when you're on the phone you can use that that's exactly what these headphones have and try is obsessed yeah you know making fun of me because i'm walking around all day with my ear big thing in my ear so. there is new toy okay so that was your high of the week huh yeah i would say that was my high of the week so uh what about you what was your high of the week my high of the week was I don't think you. I don't even think you're ready or expecting this at all. Yeah, before we're warning people, we used to try to think about what we were gonna say before we started the podcast, and then we have just gone to, we n- no rehearsal, winging it, completely winging it, completely so winging it. You guys it. probably know that though by just by listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. Anyways, probably. I'll be surprised of what. So, my high of the week was walking into Win Dixie. <laughs> that their whole entire deli section was on sale <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good high 
<laughs> that's so lame i'm really lame um so we got two pounds of roast beef yeah we can't afford roast beef is like twelve dollars a pound and it was on sale for four dollars a pound i couldn't believe it god the fact that that's my high of the week okay Shows you where we're at yeah <laughs> mentally yeah. going into our gsd <laughs> oh god gsd gsd what's gsd come on Trent. no that's your part okay gsdl get shit done list which was last week? What was... Okay, we're going to recap last week's GSD. And what was that? Um, Honestly, to put our heads down and just keep working to get through this season. Yes. And so. how did we accomplish... Did we accomplish our goal? Because the week before, <sighs> we were like one for ten on our goals. Did we accomplish our goals? I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. No. Two weeks ago, it was a, it was a struggle bus. But... So that's why we're like, okay, we'll just brush it off. We'll like come back to that goal. Um... And then we're like, this should be, we just, the, I can't talk. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on with me. No. So then this week we're like, let's make it more achievable. So being we made able, it not to quit. Yeah. And we, we succeeded. Working. So I think our GSDL, we did it. But we do have a news flash. Can you guy get a little news flash? Like a like background a noise? <laughs> Was no, like that a good? News flash, like breaking news. Like breaking news coming from you or coming to you from the bums is that good we put in our two weeks <laughs> we put in our two weeks wait, wait i can say janelle since you've known me how many two weeks have i ever put in um a total of maybe one time yeah i got a problem with just burning out serving yes. and bartending so this year i am pretty proud of myself i made it through the whole season and we put our two weeks in and we can see the end the light at the end of the tunnel, which Ugh. is farming. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, you guys. But that light's kind of getting scary because it's getting brighter <laughs> and we're realizing just how much shit we have to do. For the farm when we get home. Holy cow, we're so far behind. Oh, we're behind. Oh, man. So that'll probably, yeah, I don't know. We'll so, see what happens. Okay, so that's an update. And then what do you think our GSDL should be for this week? Uh, GD, GSD? Yeah, get shit done. What should it be? Our task? Uh... Just try to make it two more weeks. Yeah. Two more weeks. Get shit done list. Two more weeks. And uh, Janelle's got to figure out what flowers. Because remember how we're giving each other something? And I will admit, the last time I gave Janelle a GSD, I said, you need to research every seed in the world and <laughs> see what we can plant on the farm. And then she didn't do any of that, but I guess I should make it easier for her than every seed in the world. So what I need is flowers that you can plant in the beginning of april and will be coming up by june 1st done some spring seeds for flowers can you do that done easy i mean i don't know how easy it'll be to find flowers in michigan that can do that but we're gonna try all right what's my gsd all right your gsd this week is to maintain composure at work please yes (laughs) ma'am there's that light at the end of the tunnel but that makes it more real and that makes the end like (laughs) just just stick to it, babe. You can do it. I'm very capital driven. So I'm kind of like, okay, am I really going to, it just burns me out. Cause I'm just like, I can see the numbers and I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, is it worth two more weeks of my time serving a bartending when I could be on the farm, getting the farm ready for the summer? So just, this is like probably my worst time of the year for me is springtime. But we got this. Janelle gets so mad at me every spring. No. Yes. In the fall, we're going fishing on it's a fishing just, trip. It's way easier. I know. Spring is spring like, oh, is shit, obvi- we got to be adults. Any farmer knows spring is like the most stressful time oh, because yeah. it's planting time. Yep. So after planting, you just kind of let shit grow. But prior to that, it's pretty stressful. So. Yeah, this is definitely the most stressful time. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. Let's, ra- let's wrap it up. Uh, the lessons of the... Sorry, excuse me. The lessons of the week. What lessons? Le- what, what lesson did you learn this lessons week? Lessons of the week. Hmm. Lessons of the week to take advantage of every moment in life. That's not really like a lesson of the week. That's pretty cliche, but. Well, is that what you learned this week? Is I that mean, your lesson? I don't know. Be good to people and people will be good to you. Nice. That's not really a lesson though. I feel like that's just like a life lesson. Well, I mean, it's got to be like a lesson for your, for your life. Lesson of the week. Um probably planning ahead especially when we started talking about the farm trying to had a really big discussion about how much time we have to get the ball rolling when we get home and so it was kind of poor planning on our part 
at the beginning of this work season when we were going to plan on getting home, but hey, that's okay. We learned. That's why we put our two weeks in, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What about you? What was your lesson of the week? I don't know. I was sitting over here trying to figure it out when you were talking. I'm not sure. I think my lesson (laughs) of the week would be uh, Janelle reminding me last night that we got to just be in our 20s and take some time and not just be so hyper-focused on on uh our future and work and like sometimes you just got to be in your 20 and relax and then uh old man jack our landlord 104 years old he was just so happy we went to the store and got him milk today and i was like man if that guy was 20 he'd be going wild so i just got to (laughs) remember not to be too adulting i still got to go wild sometimes yes exactly so i just got permission to go wild she not ready for that Uh, no i don't know i know i'm kind of scared you saw Trent's hair. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that was step one today. I think that will be one of the goals next week, too. I did I did have a buddy request a YouTube video. So I think I think a lot of podcasters put themselves some video now, put it on YouTube. I don't understand it because what's the point of the podcast? But that might be something that we're going to do. But that entails us getting ready and looking good and putting the beers away. But Does it, though? Does it? If you watch our Bum Diary videos on Facebook, <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Were you saying a shotgun should make an appearance? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. All right, team. So, here comes our guest, Jenny Tates. We whoa, really whoa, hope. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're missing some, some stuff here. What am I missing? You're missing questions. Oh, hold that thought. What are the questions this week? We're just gonna go rapid fire, and knock some out of the park, okay? Okay. My dad says, "In your travels, the most amazing mountain you have seen." Ooh. Okay. So. The first time I ever saw the Grand Tetons, or the Grand Teton, I should say, it was just the most unreal thing I've ever, ever seen, to be completely honest with you. Like, when we were in New Zealand, we obviously saw the Southern Alps, but just just when we were out west in Wyoming and we were driving and we saw the Grand Teton, it's just the most incredible mountain it's just so massive, and you really don't understand until you're actually there, and you actually see it yourself. So, for me, that's that's the most incredible mountain I've ever seen. How about for you? I mean, it's hard to argue with the Tetons. Yeah. I mean, it really is hard. They're just such a unique mount, like mountain range. Yeah, the joke is, like, you can go see every mountain in the world. The Teton's still the most pretty, and it's like, I've seen a lot of mountains in this world, and the Teton is, like, the most pretty. Mm-hmm. There's, like, one little peak in Yellowstone called the Electric Peak. Which is on the north side and overlooks the Yellowstone River. You know what mountain I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's just like such like a that that mountain in my life means a lot to me. It kind of like is the one that overlooks my river, but yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Yep. So I haven't seen many bad mountains. I see like a three foot hill in Florida. I'm like, oh, mountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Seriously, I built my though, house. The other day we were driving into work and there was there were clouds on the horizon and Trent goes, "Don't those look like mountains?" Yeah. Alrighty, the we got one more um, from uh, um, oh, it's from my brother. Uh, he got some good questions always. Always. Since we have nobody else asking any questions, but we're gonna fix that next week. Okay, listen. He says, "What's one of the most interesting characters you have met along the way slash best connection you have made?" Ooh, okay. I can answer this one. So when we, a lot of our stories pertain to New Zealand, but when we were out in New Zealand, we met this lady named Lee, and she and her husband decided to create this this town, essentially is what it was, and it was called Demolition World. And what her husband does, he is a, he does like different building demos, and then with these demos that he does, he takes the pro like the scrap and they have created a town out of all of this scrap so they have like an old church there and they have all of these different buildings so they'll have like a dentist office and they'll have mannequins and just so many so many different but the thing is like the thing is like lee though like the character lee like uh millions of people come and see her demolition world now it's like super famous it's Mm -hmm. like demolition world like a lot of people go and look at it but, like, we actually got to meet Lee. I don't know how. It was just random. Like, the owner just invited us in for tea. And uh, we ended up having a lot of, like, long conversation with her. And it was amazing that we got to sit down with the owner. And pretty much, they're, like, not... They're, like, just poor, hard workers. And her husband knocks down buildings. And one day, she said, we should stop knocking down these beautiful old buildings. 
And they had like 10 acres, so they said, let's just bring the buildings back and put them on our property. And the next thing you know, they got a bar, they got a church, they got an old schoolhouse, they got a whole parts of old hospitals, and it was wild. Yeah, so it just started and as a hobby. And it was just a junkyard, and now it's super famous. Yeah. And she's a great lady. But it was very cool, but she was one of the most interesting people I've ever met, only because, like I said, she started that as a hobby. So, um, yeah, very cool. How about for you? Probably... Um, one of the most interesting characters. I don't know. There's just so many different people. Tennessee. Yeah. I guess the best connection and character would probably David for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got a, I got a good friend and mentor in my life, and he's just kind of an inspiration story. Living behind dumpsters, homeless, to like owning his old own tour guide company now in Yosemite Valley. I mean, just his story and everything is pretty amazing. And I met him on my travels, and just a good person to have the call. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's a great person. We'll probably have him on the show one day. But California is far away right now. Yes. But so. we will. We'll get there. Awesome. Let's move right into uh, some lessons from Jenny Tate. So what did you think about the interview? Jenny Tate. She was so awesome. She inspired me a lot actually talking to her because she's so innovative and she has such, a, such an amazing thing that she's created. So to find out what that thing is, I think you guys should really listen to the interview. You're not It's not really an interview. It's more of a conversation that takes place between us. But Yeah. And it co- goes over. I think she is, I think out of everybody we've interviewed so far and going forward, I think she's in like the place where she's just launching her own company. Mm-hmm. Like just, I mean, when we interviewed her, she had, had her first event and she just had her first event this weekend. If you go to her Instagram and look at it and she just had her first event and I think it looked, looked great on Facebook or on Instagram. Yes. So and look her, look her up. Yeah. And so I think it was just kind of cool to hear like, oh, you know, you're going into your thirties and you just got married and you want to raise a family and you're trying to get profit from the fly fishing world. That's I what I, that's what I loved about her most was like how genuine she was and how honest she was about everything in her life yeah and not only that well, honestly it's just kind of nice to see like uh like there are people out there going for their dreams yeah you know like, heck yeah like that's going what... for their dreams and and yeah well yeah because that's what this podcast is all about and she totally totally encaptured that but but anyway so yeah definitely listen to her she's so great and uh let's get into let's it let's get into it all righty three two one And welcome back. Today, our interviewee is going to be Jenny Tates. Also known as Jenny Tates. <laughs> yeah, the Instagram matches the name. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Nice, nice. Have is this a, So we like to do a little bit of background check on the Instagram. Uh, your first photo is a fish photo. Is that is that just you just decided to start Instagram and just start posting fish, pictures of fish? So, yeah. So that is kind of separate for my own personal um I recently got married so my last name has since changed um but you know it's like a small identity crisis I'm gonna stick with Tate's for now um but yeah I started like a separate kind of platform for my fishing adventures um which is how my first you know photo of a fish started but I do have a different one that's personal Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, we were, secrets. Huh? We were, well, we yes, were confused. Secrets. You go, you go way back sometimes <laughs> on the Instagram and you get to learn a lot about somebody. And we went way yeah. back. We said, oh, we don't know anything yeah. about this girl. <laughs> yeah, you got to find the real secret one to figure out more. Okay, so which one which one of your profiles is older? Is it your your Jenny Tate's Instagram with all of your fish photos? Or is it your like personal? No, my pers- personal one is much, much older. Okay, I swear okay. I was an early adapter of Instagram. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so we missed all the embarrassing photos. <laughs> yes, exactly. All of the photos that we can relate to on a personal oh level. <laughs> exactly. You miss all the like the intense random photos that you know are dated back in history. But yeah, so it was specifically started with a fishing platform. Yeah, so you married. You're married now. Congratulations. So is your Thank last you. is your last name Tates, or is that not your last name no, anymore? Um, I haven't officially, you know, changed it. But um, my husband's name last name is Beschenstein, which is a complete mouthful. Um, oh, which yeah. you can understand why. Like that's like that can't even exist on Instagram. <laughs> 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 it's, it's just too long. Um, but yeah, I got married um in July of 2018. So. Well, congrats. Cool. Thank so you. It's very yeah. recent. Can very we ask recent. you, can I ask you 
a personal question. How long was of your course. engagement? We were engaged for about a year and a half before we had our wedding. So okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then just got, you know we we dated for a while. We just got yeah we just got engaged and I was yeah. trying to make our engagement like three months. <laughs> and Janelle said, guys, oh, I was like, no, we need have time. Have you guys set a date? Have you set a date? Uh, uh, not yet, but we're looking at a year and a half. We just got yes. engaged, so it's cool. a year and a half now. She convinced nice. me that that was the common common thing. Yeah, it's like a good comfort level. You know, you don't get too stressed. Exactly, exactly. So I have to ask you, um, since we ask all of our guests, where are you stationed right now? Like we always yeah. like to, we always like to find out like where you guys are and yeah. like your setting that you're in. Yeah, I am a New Englander, so I am um, from a small coastal town north of Boston in Massachusetts. Um, okay. Born so and yeah, raised. Re- born and raised. I represent the East Coast, and I grew up uh, striper fishing. You must be the like. Oh wow. The, yeah, you must be like. That's the one thing I saw that you were striper fishing on the East Coast, and I said I don't know anybody that grew up in that environment <laughs> and gets into fly fishing from that I environment. Know. Yeah, that we, is me. Yeah, most of our interviewees are like, I was born. My my father <laughs> a fifth generation Colorado person. I was fly fishing from whitewater boats at one. No, <laughs> I mean to be fair, I did pick it up from my dad, um, for sure. But yeah, I grew up with like the ocean in my backyard which was incredible. And my dad um, is also a very big angler. So I would go out with him early mornings with like a spin rod and just like follow in his path. My brother, who's older than me, was never interested. And then, you know, I just was like so fascinated with the ocean and, you know, just seeing like fish crashing. And then it just developed from there. Eventually I picked up a fly rod and then I just, I was in. So, okay. Yeah. Was your dad already fly fishing for stripers back in the day, or is this something that you were like, "Oh, I see. This is a a big thing now. Let's get no, out there for stripers." Yeah. He uh, like he says that one of the reasons he moved to the town where we live in now um, is because the striper fishing was so incredible, and he was like that much into it. On a fly rod. Yep, on a fly rod. So your dad must be like the OG of striper fishing <laughs> in the Northeast. You know what? He's totally an OG with a mustache. <laughs> oh, we got a 70s porn mustache star. Mustache and all. He, you know, and it's it's so fun. We fish together all the time. And it's just like such a different level of connectivity that I just love sharing with him. That's very cool. So how old were you when you actually learned how to striper fish or fly fish in general? So, like, fishing in general, I would say, I started going out at, like, you know, five or four with my dad. Um, Okay. But in terms of fly fishing itself, I started in 2009. So, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, you you asked us, before we jumped on the interview, you asked us why we picked you, and... We saw your New Zealand photos. I think that oh was the God. first time. Yeah, that was the first. That's why <laughs> our podcast gets into social media later. But we, uh, yeah, we saw your New Zealand photos, and uh, then we saw your striper stuff, and and I was like, man. And then you came down to the Keys, and I saw your bonefish. Honestly, I like, like I love it all. Is, but, no. <laughs> but it's like, but you're, you're, but you're like, it's amazing the quality of fish that you can catch and that you've been posting. I was like, this girl just loves. It's not for the likes. This girl just seriously loves getting on fish because you have yeah. to be. A, a smart, dedicated angler to get on fish. Like and you're you so on. versatile. Like you said, like oh, you do yeah. rivers, you do oceans, you do all of it. Freshwater, like everything. Yeah. It yeah. seems. I appreciate that so much. I mean, it started as a passion with striper fishing and then, or I guess it started with striper fishing. And then once my passion itself grew, it just was like, I don't know. I can't, I used to say like saltwater defined me, but I can't really define it anymore. It's it's just such a variation of species that I'm just interested in really learning about and like learning about those waters and it's just grown. So yeah, so there's nothing that's honestly not on my list that I'm interested in. <laughs> was your dad, did your dad go up and do trout fishing up in the mountains or was it just he was strictly salt? Yeah, he's been strictly salt um, and kind of together we've grown into more fresh water together, which has been cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Yes. So do you still maintain that close relationship with your father? Like, are you still living up in the Northeast and whatnot and close in close proximity yeah. to him? Oh, my gosh. Yes, we have, like, so many different ways and overlapping. So my husband and I recently moved back to our hometown, which is where we both grew up. So, you know, that type of fishing in the summer together and seeing him all the time. But before... Um, kind of developing the company that I started now, I was working for a camp family company. So I was working, you know, underneath my dad, seeing him every day. So we, we overlap a lot in different ways. Um, but yeah, but it's great. It's been great. 
So what exactly are you doing now? Because it sounds like you've, you've worked under him for a long time, but it's, you just said that you have your own company. Yeah. So in, um, you know, right before our wedding, I kind of gave my piece uh, working with our family business, which was incredibly hard. But when I explained like that, my heart was, you know, in the fly fishing industry and that's what I wanted to pursue. My dad just could not deny that because he equally feels, you know, that passion behind it. So that was tough, but I did it, you know, just one day I was like, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Um, and so in October, I started a women's fly fishing company um, that's just kind of about different travel destinations, women specific guided trips, and then just really supporting other women in the industry, which I think is huge. Well, I think that's great because in, especially in fly fishing, there's, it's not as common for women to get out there and feel as confident as, you know, maybe men do out on the river and mm-hmm. talking about fly fishing. So what kind of motivated you to go in that direction? And like, yeah, I guess what was your motive behind that? Like starting your own company? I think, um, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but the motivation is just like when something is just driving you every single day and it's not what you're doing or that's what you're thinking about. I just think it's time for a change. So I just decided like, I'm just going to see what happens, which is maybe what you guys are thinking for your podcast. Well, yeah. And that's what I was just going to say. We'll we'll back up a little bit and then talk about your life path. But that's like uh, the whole theme of this podcast. Anybody listening new that's from your page, especially is like, it's like, okay, let's say you're, you have a passion in life, which is right now we're talking about fly fishing. And, and then all of a sudden you go, well, how can I make my own path? You know, your new American dream and social media is such a tool nowadays, no matter what people say about it, hate it or love it. It is a tool. And, uh, and yeah, so it just seems like you're going after your dreams. And that's why we were really excited because I was like, this is this uh, this is just going to be a really good yeah and creating and creating your own niche so like are you focused primarily where you are in the northeast or do you branch out and go to different locations around the world uh totally branching out different locations um we're going to montana in may which is awesome um we're fishing in massachusetts next weekend as a group of 10 ladies and i would say seven out of 10 have never picked up a fly rod, which is to me so exciting because I'm just trying to like spread that love and spread the introduction. So, um, and then September is Belize, October is Bahamas. I mean, definitely all around. I have the biggest, yes, I have the biggest (laughs) smile on my face right now. You don't even understand. I think that's so so amazing. Yeah. What what was, so what was your life path? Did you go to college in right out of high school when you were younger? I did. Yep. Um, I graduated I'm amazing. No, no, I'm not embarrassed. In 11, I'm turning 30 in a couple of months. Graduated in 2011. Um, <laughs> from a, <laughs> no, as this trend, yeah. It's fine. I'm turning 32. Oh, isn't, it isn't it kind of tough? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because we serve and bartend tables down here in Key West, and I make that joke all the time to a table. They ask me how old I am. I'm like, oh, I'm just about to turn 30, and the fiance lets me know every day. And then they always look at me like, oh, 30, 30, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I always look at them, and I say, okay, when you were turning 30, how did you feel? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's I don't care who you are. I know. I'm like kind of a roller coaster right now but because I still feel, feel like in that 25 stage, but no longer. I don't know. So, yeah. So, I graduated in 11. Um, from like a small town or a small school in South Carolina called well, Wofford. What you, you? Oh yeah, they're in the NCAA tournament. They are. Go Terriers. <laughs> Janelle's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. I'll be honest. It's, oh. I have no idea. You know what? It's a big deal for like a really tiny school. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. But uh, so, uh, what'd you get your degree in? Then not fly yeah. fishing. No, I was a business economics major. But the connection to school for me was that I um, they offered like a 101 fly fishing course for a month my sophomore year. And that's really what started my journey. Really? Yeah. So you were in college and you took a college course on fly fishing and that's yeah. what really started your that's, How many, how many yeah. women in that class? Do you um, remember? Yeah. I mean, it was a, so the class was really small because at the end of it, we were going to go to travel to like really make it all happen. So I want to say there was maybe like 12 of us and out of the 12, maybe like four women. So I wasn't the only one, which was really cool because a lot of us were just learning. Um, so we were all learning together. But it's like I had the history from my dad and growing up on the water. And then when this, you know, this course, and you know, came in front of me, I was like, this is kind of all coming together. I'm definitely interested in learning. So that's, but that's really where I took off. Okay. So do you still, do you still talk to anybody in that class? Or do you think that you were one of those people who took that class and excelled and kind of did something with that? 
you know, I randomly reached out to the professor <laughs> like a few years ago when I was just like sitting at home thinking about like everything that was really coming together for me and how happy I was in pursuing this passion. I randomly sent him an email like, hey, you know what? Like I'm going to start my own company and like I'm so grateful for what you provided me. I feel like he probably felt like it was so random, but I just wanted to say thank you because he really kind of gave me the foundation. And then I'll connect with people from the group just on Instagram and they're like, wow, like you're really continuing. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but that wasn't even your major. Like that was just a, was that kind of just like an extra, like, not like curricular, but um, like an extra credit kind of a thing. It, it wasn't, you know, I, I guess it wasn't really a course. So um, between first and second semester, my school provided like a month long, they called it interim. So at one time I took like a yoga course, but it was basically just like specializing in something for a month and they provided a variety of different options. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it was a month long kind of course, but it was pretty but standard were, for school. Yeah, but you already had the gear because you said you started in 2009, right? Was the first time you started fly, throwing around the fly rod? So that was my, that was my sophomore year. Yeah. And do you, oh, I see. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I see. Okay. So when you sign up for this class, did they give you a sheet that you would need like $3,000 to get into fly fishing? <laughs> I mean, it was part of my tuition. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was like, it was like the leg up because it was part of my tuition. So I was like, I okay. definitely want to do this. So did you have to buy your own gear for this class or did they provide everything? No, it was honestly the, like the sweetest place to start in, in terms of just being so new and, and so foreign to everything and having a professor who also was like obsessed with fly fishing. So he was just like, just giving off his passion so much. And then what, what happened is that part of the course, and this is so, you know, it's ridiculous that I started this way was to go to the Bahamas and, um, fish for bonefish. And then it was again, part of my tuition and all of the gear was provided by the guide. So my first fish on the fly was a bonefish, which is crazy to think about now. That's so yeah, incredible. You put yourself in the right place. If my college had that, I probably would have finished. Right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, God. And like, yeah, if I knew that was an option when I applied to the school, I would have applied like a hundred times over. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. So you went on, you created your own business. Yeah. What was, the now, hardest, so- what was the hardest part of that? Do you think, was it probably just committing to it or do you think like, I mean, we're, we're, we're starting our own farm. Yeah. We have been the last couple of years, but we really haven't sold anything yet. And this is our first year where we're, we're really trying to, to make the farm have some money in it. I mean, it has been yeah. a little bit scary to, to T- just put totally. everything in one pot. So what was that like, like jumping into it and starting your own? I think like the hardest part is is actually committing to it, right? Because you have this idea for so long and you're talking to, you know, I feel like I would talk to my, my parents and my husband all the time, like, should I do it? Should I do it? And the, the hardest part is truly committing to it, you know, because then you're in it and then it becomes scary, um, but it also becomes so rewarding. So I started um, Fly and Flow in October of 2018. So honestly, I'm like still figuring it all out day to day, but I feel like each day is just like a slight bit of progress, which is to me just pushes me forward. Yeah. Have you done one of these events yet? Or is this first one coming up in Massachusetts next, gonna be your first next one? Weekend, next oh weekend. Oh my God. <gasps> yeah. We're gonna check Congratulations. back in. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll have to come striper fishing and just hear all about it. I'm that's, so excited. That's I'm very stalk- exciting. I'm like stalking the weather like I was stalking the weather for my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. so so what was that like, like promoting your business and how did you how did you get these girls? Because like you said, you had what, seven out of the ten girls that are coming, they have never had a fly rod in yeah, their hands amazing. before. So yeah. how did you how did you how did you find them? So a lot of it has been my network that I've built through Instagram, um, which is awesome. But again, fine line between like spending too much time, you know, staring at your phone and, and but still being able to develop this network. So yeah, a lot of it came through that. And I guess like my focus and what I really want for people to get from Flying Flow is just that. Wait, are you there? Hello? Afraid to... Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah you you broke up for like oh, a few okay. minutes. So we uh left uh, off on you were talking about um how you've created like through your platform of Instagram yeah. and spending too much time on your like on your <laughs> phone and then Yeah. So I so I, I think that just being very open to 
a real true beginner picking up a fly rod and encouraging them to get into it has been has been very helpful for these trips because it can be you know super discouraging to think I need to be an expert to you know fish with a bunch of other women when really I just want other ladies to feel like they can start so I think that by by giving them the opportunity to start from ground zero has given a lot of women the idea to say like hey I'm gonna at least try this now on social media like the biggest thing on social media right now is have you I mean have you had anybody like comment or say something to you like negatively or is that at all has it all been pretty positive honestly I've been really fortunate it's been really positive I've had like one or two but I mean it's been a long time so I feel I feel like I haven't I completely know that that's like in existence and I don't know I'm I'm pretty layered up when I'm out there fishing and I take it pretty seriously so I haven't had kind of that backlash the backlash. That's good. That's good. And I think what you're doing, you're going in such a positive direction that naturally you're going to get positive feedback. And like you said, it's important to get ladies out there doing the thing, like throwing the fly rod because a lot of women want to do it. For example, Trent's sister has wanted to do it forever and she just doesn't, you know, I feel bad because she keeps asking me, (laughs) we're just not in the same area of the country. And and she keeps asking me how to get into it. And when she goes, she's gone into a couple of fly shops and her exact quote to me was, they just treated me so and that, like, oh, you know, yeah. I don't want to talk crap about any fly shops, you know, I don't want to talk, but my, I mean, she just the thing she said, like, she was like, I just kind of felt like I, you know, I did, she didn't even have a rod. She doesn't have a fly. She doesn't have anything, but she, yeah. she's a bartender and she has money. She works in the mountains, you know, Yellowstone yeah. National Park. So picking up a fly rod should be simple. And I've told her what to do, but even when she goes into a fly shop, she said, I don't know, just the thing she said to me, she's like, I almost kind of just walked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, no. and, and I mean, I've, I've was, felt especially when you know nothing. I mm-hmm. felt that feeling and I felt that feeling after years of fishing, which is right. just, you know, but I think it's beautiful that you've kind of created this, this business where women can come to you and feel comfortable and excited to learn such a, such an important hobby and such a moving hobby. Like, um, just something where people can get on the river and it can be therapeutic and it can be exciting. It can be so different. Cause every time you get on the river, it's so different. You know, it's a different experience every time you go out. So definitely. Uh, I emailed with this woman and it it completely blew my mind. She emailed me saying that like she's been tying flies for her husband and nephew for years, but she's never picked up a fly rod (laughs) and my mouth dropped. (laughs) Like I opened this email and I was like, no shit. Oh, right, right. To, I didn't mean to swear. I didn't mean to swear. No, no, no let no it way. out. Let it no, out. But that has to be so amazing to you to hear that because you do hear stories about that. And when we, we were interviewing, I think we just interviewed a, a young lady and she said, <clears throat> she kind of said the same thing. She was like, you know, my boyfriend, I just, the guy that she had had, she goes, it was hard for him to teach me and that was just blah, blah, blah. So I never actually got into it for a long time. And yeah, and it was, yeah, which it can be. Yeah. I mean, it can be hard to learn from a significant other. I experienced that like in other aspect outside of fly fishing with my husband mm-hmm. and like learning from a lady would be maybe better I don't know <laughs> no, yeah did, did just your, because I feel like it's more relatable yeah did your husband fly fish uh before he you knew him or just did, was he like I have no idea what you're talking about sweetheart no he fly fished separately uh of me before we got together which was so our first date he was inviting me to go fishing and I was just like down to go fishing and I didn't know he was actually turning into a date so <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> that's the best way okay so let's talk a little bit about your travels so it seems like you've you've gone a little like you've gone everywhere so you've been out in the Florida Keys recently you've been in New Zealand recently sounds like you've experienced some time in the Northeast so um where would you say okay where were you the most where was the most recent place that you've been so I was down in the Keys recently um and I kind of just got that itch. It was it was freezing here. It's been snowing a bunch. Um, and I was just like, I'm I'm ready for a little weekend, a little reset. And I fished um, with a guide out of Isla Mirada. And I had, you know, the most, one of those days where like everything comes together and you look back on it and you're just like, did that even happen? I caught a 13 pound bonefish and I'll, yeah. I'll never do that again. I'll never do it again. Now, do you think that your striper fishing and your ocean fishing up north helped you down here? Because nobody comes down here and catches a bonefish like you did. No, God, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know it, it to me, it's still surreal, honestly. And yeah, I mean, my, the fishing conditions that we have here are the, it's rarity that it's like glass calm out there. So it's always choppy and, you know, 50 mile per hour winds. So I'm used to it. And it was a windy day and that actually worked 
to my benefit, um, you know, because the presentation of the fly doesn't have to be as pristine. So I was used to, you know, throwing line into the wind. So a 13 pound bonefish. It was a (laughs) monster. Did you freak out? Like when you, okay, when you connected with that fish, you thought you was had, it a well, moment? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You connected you... with that fish, you thought you had snagged the bottom, correct? <laughs> you thought so, you had a coral reef, right? <laughs> it's like, so that I've, I've, like I said, like I started catching a bonefish. So the first, you know, I've caught them before and they're three pounds, four pounds. So like I saw it oh tailing. Gosh. So yeah. I, knew, I knew it was giant, but I didn't have, so I've never caught a tarpon before, which I'm dying to do. And I, and I've, I've screwed up several opportunities. So I didn't have that anxiety of like, if I was throwing a fly at a tarpon, because I don't know, I, I felt more calm about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wasn't freaking out. And then, yeah, it, it just, it literally just took my line straight to my backing within seconds. And I fought the entire fish for like 15 minutes all in my backing. I could not gain anything on it. Oh, was your God. heart just pounding? Yeah. Yeah. But I felt really confident I was going to land it at the same time. Oh, that's, that's the best. I bet your yeah. dad was, your dad was probably freaking out a little like, bit though. He, we were like best friends. <laughs> it was crazy. He was screaming. I was, I'm sure he was screaming. That's yeah, what I'm saying. like, this has never yeah, happened was, on my phone. Yeah. He was probably screaming so much at you. He was, <laughs> oh no, he was just screaming like, like, like actual excitement. Not like do this, do that. He was just, well, yeah, know, know. just like yeah. so enthralled. Yeah. He was so stoked. And then. I, again, we landed it, and this is what I love about fly fishing is that once we released this fish, we just sat there and we just like we just like I don't know, just thought about everything that had come together, and we just had this sense of calmness almost, and we just I don't know, it was just an amazing moment. Yeah, just took everything in, like looked exactly. at your surroundings, and just embraced yeah. the moment. Now yeah. I I know some people when they catch a fish like that, they'll take the fly and save it and just kind of like keep it as a memory. Did you uh, do that, or did you yeah. throw that fly right? in there no i saved that baby (laughs) (laughs) that's a good good call there like i'm gonna do a shadow box of that thing (laughs) (laughs) good you should okay so then prior to that was that when you were in new zealand then yeah prior to that um my husband and i went to new zealand for our honeymoon yeah, see, it's, oh, wonderful. It's, it's funny. I don't know. Do you know, uh, do you know the fly fishing gentleman, Kelly Gallup out of Montana? If you know, I don't know him, know. he, uh, I don't he's, know. he invented like all the new streamers. He's like a very, in the world of fly fishing, he's kind of like just one of those old gurus owns a fly shop in Montana. Anyways, I was just listening to a podcast with him and he said something along the lines of they were, he goes, I always get this question. So just ask it like, who's the best fly fisherman, you know? And Kelly just started laughing and he said, listen, there's a 20 year old out there who has gone to the salt, who has gone to New Zealand, who has gone to Montana, who has gone here and there and there. And he goes, these young, the younger people in the younger generation, they, their game and their drive in, in the world that we live in is so huge. And then when I saw that you were down in the keys and I saw you were in New Zealand, I saw you were fishing for stripers. I was like, wow, this girl really, her resume is, 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 it's really is pretty fantastic. Yeah. I believe that though. There was this, this, so again, it was our honeymoon. We did a few days in a lodge and then we did a camper van for the rest of the time and like did our own fishing. But while we were at this lodge, there was this guy, he's definitely still in college. He was so fishy and just so like, like what you were just describing. I mean, he was incredible and I believe, I believe it, you know? Yeah, I will completely believe it because I've bumped into people in New Zealand or, or places and I, and I fish with them and, and they tell me where they're, I'm like, okay, I wish I still had the means to just travel on a thousand dollars a year and just hitchhike <laughs> and just fish every day. But really, right? they're the, yeah, they're, they're, that's the best. But anyway, so you were in New Zealand, uh, uh, North or South Island? We were in the South Island for almost three weeks. Okay. That's Did you fly into uh, Auckland or do you go right down South? Yeah, we flew into Auckland and rented our camper van, which we named Kiki. We gave her a name. <laughs> was it? Wait, what was That's it? Very was, fitting was for... it the green one? What was the green one? Juicy. Juicy. Was it a juicy? Uh, no, we saw so many juicies on the road. That we oh, yeah. yeah. We had a game with them. We just couldn't... It was just crazy, the juicies. Yeah, it was the best experience. I couldn't say, like, enough good things about the New Zealand culture, the people, and, like, fishing there. Well, they're so friendly. Okay, so when you guys chose to go to New Zealand for your honeymoon, was fly fishing a part of why you chose that destination? Yeah, that was like the only reason we chose. Yeah. <laughs> well, they always talk about the scenery, but like, see, oh, yeah. scenery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is funny. So, you know, we fly fish for the good, 
first half of it. And then I had this itinerary, so many beautiful places to see in New Zealand. And we, we did check a bunch of them off. But once we were getting close to the end of our trip, we just threw our itinerary out the window. And I was like, this is, you know, all we did was target different rivers. <laughs> so yes. we, we did miss a good amount. <laughs> but yeah, we, we got the, to see some incredible fish. Yeah, we, we had the kind of the same thing. I think me and Janelle, we had some card problems. And I was like, we're just going to go to the Southland. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when, did, when did you guys go there? Um, We were there about what? We were there last fall. Last winter. Not last this winter, winter. Last winter. Yeah. We went okay. there. We for, for like, the South we went, Island? Yeah, we mm-hmm. went. We flew into the Auckland. We bought a car for like 600 bucks off of Facebook Marketplace. Janelle was real pissed off about <laughs> the condition. But, uh, like it was, you bought it, bought it? Yeah, like we actually <laughs> bought the car. Well, the dude was like, I live 50 kilometers away from the airport. And we told him, I said, well, if you if you can drive this car to the airport and it makes it, I'll give you all the money. Oh it was like gosh. six. It was 600 American, you know, so that uh-huh. was like 1500, 2000 Kiwi. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, he showed up, gave us the Subaru. We took and got the oil changed. And wow. the, the thing made it the whole, we had a little issues here or there, but it made it the whole yeah. way. And we just stayed for two months, but we wow. didn't really do the North Island. I don't think in the yeah. I, I don't know. We I guess we, if we if we could go back and redo it, I think we would have done a little bit more yeah. on the North Island. So okay, so but. you guys flew into Auckland. So did you fly out of Auckland? Yep, flew flew in and out of Auckland. Okay, so yep. did you fly fish at all on the North Island, or was it primarily South Island? We just we just stuck to the South Island. I mean, we didn't even have enough time to see everything we wanted to do and see in the South Island within yeah. three weeks, honestly. Yeah, yeah, we were two months down there, and there's so many places on the map that I was just like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> we have to get to the next spot. Like, we have to go now. We're already, like, three days behind. I miss yeah. it so much. Do you guys miss it? Oh, uh, my gosh. We talk about it, honestly, I think every yeah. single day. I and think I, about it all the time. Yeah, all the time. I fished, uh, I fished Patagonia, and I've been down in Argentina. And uh, I tell people, like, even Janelle, like, I was like, man, after going to New Zealand, it's kind of ruined it for me because I want to go <laughs> elsewhere. Like, it's not even uh-huh. that the fish are better. Or any, I don't know what it is. It's just the whole, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, yeah, everything about it. Everything about it. So what was your favorite part about traveling to that part of the world? Oh, my gosh. I have to think about that. Um, I know that's such a hard question. <laughs> I mean, the fishing was totally incredible. And this is going to be super cheesy, but... Probably my favorite moments were just, like, sunset, hanging out outside of our van, like, drinking wine and eating cheese and thinking we are, like, the happiest people alive. Really, though? Yeah, I, feel, I know. I feel like it just brings it out in you. Yeah, it was so simple, and it was just, like, I don't know, the scenery was so beautiful, and that was probably the happiest times were just, like, sunset, hanging out. We played so much backgammon. <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had no service, and we were so happy. But that's such an amazing feeling. Yeah. So, so do you have like when you went to New Zealand, do you have a favorite river that you fish or region or? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. No, don't. You don't have um, to. You can say it cannot be named because we. Totally, I don't know. We totally can understand yeah, that feeling. Maybe to not be named, but I mean, I will say like as you guys, I'm sure experienced and completely know. The mm-hmm. aqua water is, is, I don't know, it's breathtaking and it's real. And I, and, and just, you know, wading those rivers was, was so incredible. Well also, and it's so much different than like fly fishing in the United States because it's, it's more like hunting, you know, it's totally hunting. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. But that absolutely. makes it so much more exciting. Oh yeah. I feel it, like it was, we were, we were just in so much brush and, you know, because you, you have to stay down river the entire time. And we were just, yeah, up on the banks, like, crawling almost to try and spot these fish. We had um, walkie-talkies, which was kind of fun. Did you really? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we'll have to try that next time, Trent. Yeah. We didn't want to spook the fish, and we wanted to, like, be as stealth as possible. So we had walkie-talkies if we were in, like, different scouting areas. And they, mm-hmm. they really worked. Like, my husband would call me on this walkie-talkie and be like, I spotted this. Come over here. And he's he's so generous that he would give me first shot, and it was so much fun. Oh, that is fun. Oh, that is fun. We we uh, we got our ass kicked the very first time we went out on the South Island. We were so green, and we <laughs> watched. People don't believe. People do not believe me, but I we saw a trout, biggest biggest. It looked like a salmon, and we fought. We fought. It was a small small stream. It wasn't that wide. Mm-hmm. Easily could wade back and forth across. River not to be named. And uh, river <laughs> yep. not to be named. Of course. But yep. the Nelson the Nelson region. But uh, yeah, it was uh, and Janelle was up on top because. Uh, 
I wish I was like your husband. I was just, I saw the fish. I was like, oh my God. And, uh, He's like, Janelle. Yeah. Like whispering, she, yelling. She had her shot the other day. But anyways, we followed that trout for a whole kilometer. And it uh-huh. was just cruising up river through pocket, through pocket. And people are like, trout don't act like that. And I said, listen, I followed that trout. And Janelle, I wish you would have had a walkie talkie because she's like up top following it with me. Oh, yeah. It, it got to the bottom of the waterfall and bye-bye. Uh, what did don't, you guys think about like, you know, turning over a 15 foot leader? Yeah. we i we didn't really fish that far we we never really went that long i don't okay. know we okay. we we kind of we threw big foam too i was okay. throwing janelle got pissed at me but i was well, throwing size six <laughs> big foam because i just i talked a lot of shit not gonna lie i was like this isn't gonna work but secret giving away real quick it did work yeah, so, yeah we'll just I'm leave sure. it at that we tried, <laughs> we tried the really, really long leaders, and it was just so hard, and it was windy where we were at. And I think we, we went – we tried to go 12, 12, uh, 12 feet, nothing longer. I don't think – I think we could have had some shots at bigger fish, but um, mm-hmm. it was hard days of fishing, though, in New Zealand. Yeah. Hard oh days. Gosh. It's not easy. It's really not easy, but that's what's why it's so cool. Yeah. But the beer's so, not – So did you ever – did you – Go ahead, Charles. I was just going to say the beer's not that cheap, <laughs> so it's hard to have bad days of fishing when the totally. – <laughs> when it's ten dollars for a beer at the bar. So did you ever have any days? Because obviously, like we know on Instagram, you you portray like, oh, it's such a great day. Did you ever have any days in New Zealand where you're like, damn it, like today sucked, you got skunked, or? Oh my gosh, yeah, of course. Like days are just absolutely moments. You know, I lined so many fish. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I am. I think that that can happen on Instagram for sure, where it's portraying like, oh, I, I get into so many fish, but there's a lot of missed fish and it's always learning, you know? Absolutely. But I think it's like, too, like if, if me and Janelle, I know you guys were on your honeymoon, so maybe it was different, but there was a couple of days where me and Janelle were just like, well, it's going to be hard to get in the same tent together because we was just been, <laughs> we was like arguing about where we're going next or it oh just, my God, it gets yes. Oh yeah. No, that happened. It was like, I was like, one more bend, and it was like, it's getting dark, and I was yeah. like, you gotta go. Yeah. yeah, like, it's time to go. Yeah, no, that's normal. Okay, so where would you say is your next, okay, so if, if you had to choose three places, like, three bucket list left, locations, yeah, left on the bucket list, where would you go? Okay, that's a great question. Um, in term, I can say, like, species. Golden Dorado is something that I really, so South America. Um, mm-hmm. It's something yep. that I'd really like to make happen. I'd like to chase some fat browns in Chile as well, which you were kind of talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have don't you, know. you ever see Arctic char, the big orange thing? Yeah. yeah. That's on Janelle's bucket list. Yeah. Oh, that would be so amazing. It's like one of the most, yeah. am- most remote. I think fish. they're some of the most beautiful fish I've ever seen. Yeah. Aside from brown trout. Every but, time Janelle yeah. sees one on Instagram, she's like, well, can we go? And I was like, no, there's like three rivers in the world. Oh, but you have to. You can do have, it. Have you caught Arctic char before? I've never. No. No. It's like no. a giant brook trout. But have you caught brook trout then up in the mountains up there? You don't I get have. up there. No, brook, we've, yep, we have a brook trout around here. They're, I mean, not colossal size or anything, but I mean, they're no, so no. beautiful. They yeah. really are. Yeah, they really yeah. are. So I guess we'll kind of start wrapping this up. So going forward, I mean, you're obviously going to try sticking with the fly fishing. Is that kind of your, I mean, are you guys thinking children down the line and all that stuff? Can can we ask about that and what you're thinking about for the future? Or is that just too much to think about right now? No, I cannot wait for us to have a family. Well, we're waiting, but I can't wait for us to have a family (laughs) one day and to, you know, get him or her into fly fishing. I, I like love seeing those photos where, the mom or dad is out there along the river and like the baby's in their pack and they've got the fly rod in their hand. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for that to be me. Well, I can, mm-hmm. but I can't. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So who would you say like your three top influences are in your fly fishing world? Like who, cause obviously you've been so wrapped up in this since a young age, yeah. who has influenced you the most? I don't know if I could name three, but my dad has played like such an influential part in my journey and he's so supportive. You know, again, I I used to work for the family company and to be able to separate myself from that and for him to still give me such support is like more than I could ever ask for. So my dad is definitely my most influential for Mm -hmm. fly fishing for me so far. Um, You know, and then there's like Joan Wolf who just paved the way for women in the fly fishing industry. I always think about, you know, what if, what if, women like that never existed and it wouldn't be as big as, you know, as it is for us now. So 
that's inspirational for me. And again, cheesy, but my husband's just really supportive for being able to follow this dream of mine. So, and he loves yeah. to fish as well. So I, re- I, hope one, I hope one day it works out and you guys are running the company together with a whole bunch of little <laughs> family running around. Oh my God. My friend said that the other day and I just laughed. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, no, that's dreaming huge. Oh, it is. We, we're on the same, hey, we're in the dream same big exact girl. Boat. Heck yeah. yeah. So wait, yeah. I have to ask, where did you guys, where did your drive and idea for starting this Fly Fishing podcast come from? Oh my God. Oh, we've been talking about it forever, to be completely yeah. honest. And then we've just been down in the Florida Keys working and finally Trent was like, I'm buying all the, all the equipment for a podcast tomorrow. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> but you know, we've just, on the river, we'll just talk, we'll, th- we'll toss ideas back and forth and um we started reaching out to people like you and a few others and uh you guys are kind of our motivation behind what we do you know because obviously we want to make our small farm work but you guys influence us because you're so passionate about like fly fishing and building communities and whatnot so yeah really i was just sick of it because the the whole bum diary our whole our whole thing started years ago mm-hmm. i've never had any social media never even owned a cell phone i met janelle she was it really wasn't big on it but we had so many family members and we were moving so much and going to different parts of the world we had so many people that were just asking what the hell how do you even make money so mm-hmm. we started this thing called the bum diary which was just kind of videos and we just kind of told people like hey you know we're servers and bartenders we work yellowstone or we work in the keys and we go travel around and fish and then it just kind of snowballed, snowballed, and snowballed. And then all of a sudden with the podcast, I started seeing a lot of things online where a lot of people were just talking shit about people in the fly fishing world. Or everyone was like, oh, you're just an Instagram person, blah, blah, blah. And I'm over here behind the mic or now behind the mic. And I'm like, listen, man, all we're trying to do is to raise a family. We're trying mm-hmm. to be in our be in our passion. You know what I mean? You hear all these old timers like, oh, I was a fly fishing magazine writer. Well, there's no more fly fishing magazines. You know what I mean? Like it's you can't really make a living. You know, back in the day, you could be a sports editor for a local newspaper or make money, you know, mm-hmm. but those I mean, it's a whole new world. And here we are. We see these people on Instagram like you and other people. I'm like, man, these people are just trying. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. out there. Like, these people like especially you like there's some people on there on the instagram and we're not we love everybody like you know there's some people on there especially there's you know some right. some females and, and guys too with their shirts off and but stuff also like making that. like a huge impact in people's lives like you like bringing yeah. women together and doing what yeah. you're doing now yeah like you're trying to like you're trying to better yourself and your families anyways there's just not a lot of information out there me and yeah. janelle felt alone for a long time mm-hmm. so yeah. i said let's just do a podcast and just start writing some people and just yeah. say hey you want to come on and bullshit and then we can follow up with you like in a year yeah yeah so if well, that's I all right with you i guess day, yeah i hope one day where our paths can actually connect on the water that'd be really cool and i was gonna say come out on one of these like women excursions with you because i'd love to meet you in person to like see what you're all about and really experience the river with you or whatever yeah. salt water wherever it may be i know i think we've got i've got the feeling <laughs> yes yeah. yes awesome. yes cool awesome well i guess uh i guess we're gonna wrap it up on our one of our last questions is scale to one to ten how do we do 10 12 13 <laughs> 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 I, no i had a lot of fun i mean I was a little nervous. God. I didn't know what to expect, but I had, I think I'm excited for you guys and I hope that it's successful. Well, we're so excited yeah. for you and we're so excited for like your adventure and your new business and we hope everything really works out for you. Yeah. You yeah. We really too. appreciate being a little, we were nervous with you too. Cause like you said, we didn't know you had a hidden Instagram and this was just your fly. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just did. We were going, she knows like who are you talking to? Too. And I was like, look at her Instagram. She's a no, but woman. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. We talk about you often. We're like, have you seen this Jenny Tate's girl? She's on the, so you know, funny. like she's doing the coolest stuff. She's in the coolest locations. So. Oh yeah, the bonefish. We, yeah. we lived in the Keys two years, and that bonefish pissed us off so much. I was like, all right, <laughs> Trent, no, right Trent, this girl. You don't understand. Trent woke up the other day. He's like, Janelle, look at this. And I was like, oh my god, it's seriously surreal. Amazing. That was crazy. Yeah, yes. 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 But Thank you I mean, guys that's so not much. Something you do overnight. No. Awesome. Absolutely. You have a wonderful well, evening. Yeah, you guys too. And hopefully we'll connect. And we'll absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Have a great night. Have a good night. All right. See ya. Bye. And what did you think of that interview, Janelle? Uh, so good. So good. So good. Very happy to have Jenny Tate's on. Go learn more about her company. 
Fly and flow. Fly and flow. And uh, if you're in the Northeast area, she'd be a wonderful, wonderful woman to hit up. If you're, uh, especially if you're a female angler with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Beginning or seasoned, it doesn't Alrighty. matter. Any uh, anything new coming up in the Bum Diary podcast next yes, week? Yes, there is. We're probably two weeks out, so I think everything's gonna start getting quicker. What do people? What can people expect in the next couple of weeks from the Bum Diary so, podcast? There is going to be a lot of changes. So next week, um, we have another interview set up. I'm not gonna tell you with who, so stay tuned for that. And then we also will be preparing our big move back to Michigan. Yes. And the Bum Diary will start coming to you live from somewhere else. From the home state. Or wherever we break down. Oh, yeah, that's true. Don't don't be oh, saying we're going to get home. Yeah, I better knock on wood. <laughs> that was wood. All right, guys. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, I guess we, we really uh, don't know who's listening unless you subscribe. So I'm finding out through our online stuff. So we don't even know who's listening. Subscribe to the Bum Diary podcast. I guess they they make us are saying that we have to do that. Otherwise, that's the only way I can find out the data. Yes. So Janelle wants to know if more than two people are listening. <laughs> I'm actually curious. So let us know if you guys listen. You would love it. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.